Welcome back to Morning Inspirations. I hope everybody's feeling blessed on this beautiful, beautiful Wednesday morning that God has decided to wake us up in. If you are happy that God woke you up this morning, say amen. Say amen right where you're standing, sitting, or laying, because God is too good to us for us not to give him some praise. So let's give him some praise right now. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, for the blood this morning. We thank you, Father God, for your grace and your mercy because we know that it is new every single day, Father God. But Father God, we thank you this morning for the blood because we know that it's still working, Father God. Father God, we thank you that you wrapped your arms around us on this day, Father God, and breathe breath into our bodies, Father God. We thank you for changed hearts and minds, Father God, and for making our crooked path straight on this day, Father God. Father God, we thank you for putting your hedge of protection around and about us, around about our friends, our family members, our spouses, our loved ones, and our nation leaders too, Father God. Train them up in the way that they should go on this day, Father God. God. Father God, right now we plead the blood of everything in our lives, from our family to our finances to our Father, Father God, to our very being, our very being right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, we know we're not worthy on this day, Father God, to petition you at the throne for anything, Father God, but we know that your grace and your mercy, Father God, is renewed every single day, Father God. Father God, on this day, we ask you right now in the name of Jesus, please forgive us for anything that we said, done, or thought that was unpleasing unto you, Father God. Father God, we ask you to keep us on the potter's will this day, Father God. Keep us and reshape, make, and mold us on this day, Father God. Father God, let our hearts not be hardened, Father God, to your word, Father God, but let it open up to us on this day like an ever so beautiful flower that you plant, Father God. Let our seeds be sown on good ground and not thrown to the wayside, Father God. Let us be hearers and doers of your word, Father God, and not just hearers only, Father God. God. Father God, let your daily bread be etched across the tables of our heart, Father God, and let us thirst no more, Father God, because you freely give us this day living waters, oh Father God. We ask everything above in the name of Jesus right now, Father God, because we know that you sit up high and you look down low, Father God. We know that you will never forsake or leave us on this day, Father God. So on this day, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we do plead the blood, Father God, because we know that the blood still works, oh Heavenly Father. Whatever we do, wherever we go, Father God, let our hands stay steadfast in your hands, Father God. Let our minds stay steadfast in your word 
on this day. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. I hope everybody's feeling blessed on this beautiful Wednesday. We missed out on Monday. Guys, your girl went on back to her home church. I told you guys, I've been going for a couple of months now, and I have really been enjoying my family and the new people I have met and just being of service to God. So when I got out of our bishop's 36th anniversary celebration, I was exhausted. I had been doing stuff so much during the week. On Monday, I said, you know what, girl? You got to take some time. You got to regroup because you got to fill your cup back up. If you don't fill your cup back up, you're not going to be any good to do what our Heavenly Father needs for you to do. So I filled myself back up, got back with you guys today, and I am blessed to be here today. I thank God that he breathed breath into my body each and every day I wake up before I open up my eyes when I realize that I'm still here. I got to thank him whether it's with my mouth or in my brain. Thank you, Jesus, for waking me up. So let's go. God, what do you have for me to do today? Is this going to be a day where I just able, I'm able to be fruitful and multiply and do whatever it is that you have for me to do? And that's where we got to be. That's where we got to stand. We got to ask God what he wants from us not what we want from him. We got to be of service to our Heavenly Father. So let's jump on into where I left off on Friday. I left off on Friday telling guys about uh, Moses and Pharaoh and Aaron and how God had con- was continuing to harden uh, Pharaoh's heart and he had bl- brought the plague amongst them. The locusts had come in and... Um, destroyed everything that the hell didn't destroyed everything everything that was fruitful from the trees to the ground they they, you know just destroyed it and pharaoh has still not been able to bring himself to god's will all god wants him to do is acknowledge that i am god everything in heaven and on earth is mine i am who i say i am i am the great i am but since you don't pharaoh let me show you so let's move on to chapter 11 and we're gonna backtrack a little bit the israel uh is now on barring the jewels so chapter 11 verse 1 goes a little bit like this and the Lord said unto Moses, Yet will I bring a, bring one more plague upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterwards, he will let you go. When he lets you go, you shall surely be thrust out altogether. Speak now in the ears of the people, and let every man borrow from his neighbor and every woman of her neighbor, Jews of silver and Jews of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of people. And Moses said, thus says the Lord, about midnight will I go out into the midst of Egypt. 
and all of the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, die from, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sit upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservants that is behind the meal and all the firstborn of beasts. And there shall be a great cry throughout the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall it be like it anymore. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast, that ye may know how that the Lord thou put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. And all these thy servants shall come down unto me and bow down themselves upon me, saying, Get thee out and all the people that follow thee. And after that I will go out. And he went out from Pharaoh in anger. And the Lord said unto Moses, Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. And Moses and Aaron and Moses and Aaron on did all these wonders before Pharaoh, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he would not let the children of Israel go out of the land. Chapter 12, verse 1. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of the month, they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, and a lamb, uh, and a lamb for a house. And in the household be too little, but, but if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of souls. Every man according to the eating shall make you count for the lamb. The lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goat, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door, the post of the house where they shall eat. And they shall eat the flesh that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Not eat it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs, and with the penance thereof. And they shall let nothing of it remain until morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning shall be burnt with fire. And thus shall eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood should be to you for a token upon households where you are. When I see the blood, 
I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you for memorial, and ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast by ordinance forever. Seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. Even the first day shall be put away, levy out of your houses. For whosoever eateth levied bread from the first day into the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off from Israel. And in the first day there shall be a holy convocation, convocation and in the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation unto you. No matter of the work shall be done in them, save that which every man must eat, that only may be done of you. And ye shall observe the feast of unlovely bread, for in this same, in this self same day, have I brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, ye shall observe this day in your generations by the ordinance forever. In the first month of the 14th day of the month of the evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the one until the 12th day of the month at even. Seven days shall there be no more levy found in your house for whosoever eat that which is levy, even the soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he be a stranger or born in the land. Ye shall eat nothing levied in all your habitations shall eat unleavened bread. And then, you know, guys, I probably pronounced that word wrong. I get tongue-tied a little bit. These, then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take your lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And ye shall not take a bunch of hippus, hippus, and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of the house until morning, for the Lord will pass through and smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over your door and will not suffer you. The destroy, destroyer to come into your house to smite you. And it shall come to pass that when the Lord, and it shall come to pass when ye come out of the land which the Lord will give you according to as he has promised, that ye shall keep his service. And it shall come to pass when your children shall say unto you, What mean ye by this service? Then you shall say, it is a sacrifice to the Lord's Passover who passed over the house of the children of Israel in Egypt when he smote Egyptians and delivered our houses. And the people bowed their heads and worshipped. And the children of Israel went away and did as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so did they. And we're going to stop right there. That was chapter 11, chapter 11, the whole chapter, chapter 12, verses 1 through 28. So we're going to get into what my Matthew Henry has to say about it on this day. You guys, please forgive me for, permit, for um, 
mispronouncing some of the things. I don't know. Uh, I am still new in Christ. I do have my biblical pronunciation Bible of some names and some words, but you know, I get a little tongue-tied. I have a little slur, so some things may not come out right. So all my Bible scholars out there, please charge it to my head and not to my heart, but we go get through this thing. <laughs> amen, amen. So listen, remember in the beginning, you know, God has always given Moses and Abram instructions to tell him what he's gonna do next. And Pharaoh has hardened his heart so much that he's just not gonna listen. But we all know God is doing that so that he can show himself mighty to the Egyptians and to his people. You know, I'ma show you that I am who I say I am. I am the great I am. So in chapter 11, my Matthew Henry tells me that the Most High favors Aaron and the Israelites. They don't, they're not, they're starting no longer to see Moses as this person that has brought affliction upon them. And Moses, my Matthew Henry tells me, is ready. He has long awaited this day that he can get out of Egypt and get out of doing this dreadful work that God has given him to do. Now, this is what my Matthew Henry says, guys, not, not Victoria J., but, you know, I get it and I understand it. And the Israelites is the favorites of all the heavens. So the instructions that God gives Moses to tell his people you go and borrow from your from from the Egyptians cuz I'm going to see to it that all the labor that has been brought forth upon you from the taskmasters by the instruction of Pharaoh I am going to see to it that you don't leave this land empty-handed ain't you glad about it today aren't you glad about it we as people we go through so much. Most of it, we bring upon ourselves. I'm just going to have to put that on out there. Because if you don't have a, a personal relationship with God and you start doing things on your own and out of your will and not consulting God, sometimes we can bring things on ourselves. And you got to remember, the Israelites, these people, they did do this. You got to remember that they did bring a lot of this on their sails by worshiping false idols. After Joseph passed away and had brought them out of the land where they were being famished, when they went through that, that famish, and he brought his people and Jacob and his brothers and all of them down there, you gotta remember these are their children's children. So they started doing what they seen the Egyptians do. Not until this king, the new king came along and he didn't recognize the works of Joseph. So now you got a bunch of people as we do today that start going off doing our own thing. Whatever the new trend is, 
that's what we decide that we want to go with. Instead of standing and being our own person and standing on the values that were instilled in us as little people. And if we had a mother and father raised in the church, some of us really went astray because we felt like that all it was was we were getting beat with the word every day. Now some, like Victoria J, come back to what she know. And the word is the word. You know, my bishop said something at his anniversary this week as I was in service to the church when I was able to really sit down and listen to the message on Monday. He said, you know, you got to work the word. You just can't read the word. You got to work the word. So when you work the word, the word starts working in your life. You can't just read it, but you got to be a doer of the word. And here, when I read this passage, Moses and Aaron were workers of the word. They were working everything that God told them to do. At first, Moses and Aaron was a little bit skeptical. And they would go back and say, well, God, you told us to do this. And, you know, now we got a bunch of people griping and moaning and complaining. But after a while of everything that God had instructed them to do, they did it without any resistance. But my Matthew Henry tells me that Moses is finally over this and he's ready for the last days and that God is going to show favor on his people go borrow from the Egyptians at this point some of the Egyptian servants the people some of the Egyptian people are now seeing Moses in this great light this great man my Matthew Henry tells me that Moses is looked upon with high esteem, a great man from some of the Egyptians as well as some of his people, God's people. And my Matthew Henry tells me, there is no way that of all the labor that they've done for Pharaoh and Pharaoh's house, that he's going to allow his people to walk away empty-handed. So we have to be mindful of that. That's even when you're at work and you don't get that promotion you think you deserve or you didn't get it this year and they wait to next year. Sometimes we have to stand up for ourselves and show people what our worth is by continuing to do the job and letting God work the things out in our life. But also, speaking up for ourselves. You can't get forget that. There's nothing wrong with speaking up for yourself, especially if you know that you're in the right. So here God tells him, you know, tells them, you're going to be able to borrow from your neighbors. And they're going to give it to you. And this is what we see is done here. But he also gives them other instructions. And this is a new day, a new time. So whereas now he's telling them, this is going to be in remembrance of me. This is a new beginning. You guys are going to go out and you're going to slay or slaughter a lamb or a goat. But this is going to be an observance as I bring you out of Egypt 
This is going to be a fresh start. Who does not want a fresh start in their life? I know there has been time and time again, especially when I got out of my parents' house, that when mistakes would arise and things would come my way, I wanted a fresh start. But sometimes fresh starts aren't easy. So when God gives you a fresh start, take advantage of it. So this is what he tells his people. Take notice. You don't do this in remembrance of God, but this is what's going to happen. You're going to go and you're going to observe this thing called Passover. And you're going to observe this new lifestyle in the beginning of your months. And my Matthew Henry tells me that the beginning of their months used to start in September, but going forward, they would start in March. So anything that they knew prior to God bringing them out is going to be new. And it also says, it's also said, note to self, it is a good, it is good to begin the day in the beginning of the year with God in our lives. And I concur. Most of us, the ones that do have a relationship with Christ, we start our new year off, bring our new year in, in church. But he goes on and gives them other instructions. And he says, you're going to slaughter that lamb or that goat. But he didn't get forget about the people that may not have that in their possessions. He said, small, small families get together. Small families get together. And when you get together, I recognize you guys have the feast together. But before you do anything, once you slaughter this goat or lamb, you're going to kill it in the fresh blood. I want you to take it and put it across your doorpost. Because I'm coming now to do what I told you guys that I was going to do in the beginning. Remember when God said in the beginning, when he sent Moses and he told Moses to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. My people are like my firstborn. My people are my firstborn. Take your hands off my firstborn, or I shall take your son. He told Pharaoh through Moses that he was going to do this in the beginning, before he started doing all these things before he brought in the locusts and the hail and turned the rivers into blood and all this stuff. This was the first thing that he told Moses to tell Pharaoh. Take your hands off of my firstborn, my son, Israel, or I will slay thou son. Well, my Matthew Henry tells me this is the first thing that he told them, but it was never done. But this is the last thing that he's doing. But he tells his people, Go put together this feast. Take the fresh bud, put it over the doorpost, and I'll pass you by. But do everything as instructed. After you kill it and put it over there, you have a feast. You and your family, or if it has to be two or three families, if y'all small families. But don't do this. Anything that's left over, you're burning in the fire. So he says to them, 
He says to them, look, I want you to take the lamb, my Matthew Henry says. You can be two or three families if they're small. Join together for the lamb. Get the lamb ready four days before. And then in the afternoon, kill it. To acknowledge God's goodness to them. And from there forth, you will do this in remembrance for me delivering you out of the plagues in which I will inflict on Egypt. Once you slay the lamb, you are to eat it roasted with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. And they're they're to eat it in haste and leave none of it to mourning. For God would have them to depend upon him for their daily bread when he leads them out of Egypt. But before they eat the lamb, they must sprinkle the blood upon the doorposts. By this, their house will be distinguished from the houses of the Egyptians. So he's telling them, I got you, but you got to follow instructions. And God will do that to us. I got you, but you got to follow instructions. And most of us don't want to follow instructions. I confess my sins every day. Anything that I may say, do, or think that I know that's unpleasing unto God. But being mindful. Try your best not to do or say that again. Take instruction. You got the word on the inside of you. You read his daily word every day, which is freely given to you. Take notice of some of the things that you say or do. And I'm always talking to people about, don't walk around like the Pharisees. Okay, you go to church, you take a seat, you rake some of the word in for yourself, what applies to your life. Don't throw away the rest, just rake it to the side, because you might need it again one day. But don't try to be someone that you're not. That's even for myself. I'm enjoying my walk with Christ. I'm enjoying my newfound friendship and the love that my Heavenly Father has for me and with me. Because he said in his word, dry nigh unto me and I dry nigh unto you. So, Which means if I stay in his word, the more he gonna give me something to fill me up, the closer I get to him so when I'm sitting somewhere quiet and I got my mom meditating on this word and on the things that I want done in my life when I look to him for guidance I got enough of his word on the inside of me and as long as I'm walking in love it takes care of every commandment yes we're going to get mad yes we're going to do things yes we're going to say stuff But the correction in that is, if you've got enough of God's word on the inside of you, when you slip up and make that mistake, you'll make it less and less and less until it becomes non-existent to you. Because when God does something new inside of you, 
When you turn your life over to Christ, everything is supposed to be new. But again, be mindful. You've been walking around in that flesh for a very, very long time. I'm 52. I've been walking around in my flesh for a very long time. So we got to pull that flesh up under to the wheel of the subjection of God, the spirit that's on the inside of us. Our spirit got saved. Our flesh didn't get saved. So everything that Satan can throw at us to make us doubt our walk with Christ or tell us that it's okay to do that right now, ain't nobody going to see it, or you can repent for it. Yes, you can. But how many times you want to keep falling down because you can't take instruction? The Bible is just that. It's the roadmap to life. In this passage, we see that God gives Moses instruction and, and Moses gives the instruction to the people. And do it exactly this way. Don't save none for later like we take leftovers from the restaurant and bring them home with us. Eat it, eat it do it hastily. My Matthew Henry also goes on to tell me real quick, they have to eat it fresh. They must eat it right after they slaughter the lamb with the levy bread. And the bitterness of the herbs is to remind them what God has done for them, what they came up out of, as well as the whole meal being a new thing that they will do. My Matthew Emery also tells me real quick, this is the same thing that Jesus Christ did for us. The blood. The blood still works. They didn't come yank Jesus Christ up out of a fancy palace and all of that and hang him and all that stuff. They even put bitter wine on a, on a sponge and held it up to him when they, when they hung him on the cross, when they nailed him to the cross. So if you really want to look at it as I look at it, because beyond studying the Old Testament, I'm also studying the New Testament in my spare time and in a class that I'm taking. All of this stuff goes hand in hand. Nothing in the Old Testament is not coming to pass in the New Testament. And Jesus came and fulfilled everything that man could not do. He made a way for us. The same way God, the Lord, the great I am, right now in chapter 11, and 12 is doing for the people of Israel. But with careful instructions, as well as he tells them, don't go outside until morning. If I catch you out there, you're going to be a part of what I'm getting ready to do to the Egyptian people. But if you listen to my words carefully, your firstborns will live. Not a hair on your head will be touched. Or the beast or the cattle, but he did say the Egyptians first of everything. Their cattle, their firstborn children, the maidservants, Pharaoh. But he gave them a Pacific set of instructions. And I know we've all heard this Pacific passage preached. 
in our churches. And, and I can't even begin to do it justice the way that I've heard it preached. But as we go on on Friday, we'll finish up as much as we can about God's word. I had it written down such a different way, but sometimes God just leads you somewhere to say something different. But be careful about the things that we're doing in our lives and we call ourselves Christians. Doesn't mean, as some would say, oh, I gotta be perfect. Be who you are and work every day to be better. Jesus said, I only do the things that I see my father do. So if he's our father, for me, I try as hard as I can to do the things that I read that my father done. And I try to listen to that small, still voice. Peace and blessings for until to until Friday. <laughs> if it be in God's will, we'll see you right back here on Friday.